Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Jim. I um, have a number of things to get to tonight. Um, first, we'll start with the easy stuff. So, did you hear about this thing with the um, Iran's Revolutionary Guard tried to seize a British ship, tanker, I guess it was, going through the Persian Gulf, uh, straight to Hormuz? Uh, this is after the British stopped an Iranian tanker going through Gibraltar. I think they were trying to violate a um, European Union sanctions. Um, and so the Iranians said they're going to get back at, uh, the Europeans. And so the Iranian, the Iranians tried to take over this British oil tanker, um, revolutionary guard. Um, but there was a British war warship not far behind the tanker. And so, yeah, they threatened to shoot the Iranians. And I guess there was a military, a U.S. military plane uh, or aircraft above as well. And so, yeah, um, this is interesting because I think it was like a week ago, Iran announced that it had, uh, they started, uh, processing uranium again after the official end of this, uh, Iran deal that President Obama negotiated. And I think it ended just like a couple of weeks ago, like officially that day. It was like on a Sunday or something, I think. Um, and so they started processing uranium again. And it took them like a couple of weeks and they already surpassed the limits that had been set for that agreement. So that's really interesting because when that whole deal was being negotiated, uh, this is what the critics of the deal warned about that as soon as it was over, cause it had a sunset clause, um, as soon as it was over and it was like 10 years or something, or maybe even less than that, um, it would only take the Iranians a couple weeks to reconstitute their program and get back to the levels that they were processing at before and, and back to the stockpile levels um, they had. And sure enough, the Iranians have proven the critics right. I think even Benjamin Netanyahu talked about this, gave a speech on this. And so all the Iranians did was prove that it was a lousy deal and and they could start processing uranium again uh, right away and be right back in business. So all this agreement did was give them an opportunity to work on delivery systems. That's why they violated UN resolutions and agreements on their ballistic missile program. They were firing off, uh, test firing these ballistic missiles because that's how they're going to deliver a nuclear bomb. And so basically all it meant was that they had, you know, eight or 10 years or however long it was uh, to work on their delivery systems because they'd already gotten their uh, uranium processing systems to uh, the point where they needed it. And so this was going to get everybody off of their back while they worked on their delivery systems. So I, that's just funny. And so the Europeans are still trying to reconstitute this deal. Uh, I mean, even after this, and even after the Iranians tried to seize a British oil tanker, they're still trying to do business with these guys. It just shows you this is kind of a foregone conclusion. And we know from the Bible that um, Persia is going to attack Israel in the end times with uh, the kingdom from the north, and uh, a lot of people believe that's Russia. 
So it's interesting that Russia and Persia, Iran, are right on Israel's northern border today in Syria. So uh, the stage is set right now, right now. Uh, so that's why all this uh, uranium stuff and Iranian stuff uh, is very interesting because it's such a direct, direct uh, fulfillment of Bible prophecy. You can totally see there. It's just you know what is going to trigger it, but everything's in place right now. I mean, who would have thought Persia and Magog, literally what miles from Israel's northern border? I mean, that's stunning, just uh, amazing. So that one was uh, pretty interesting. So there's another, um, this really sad story. I don't know if you've heard of this. This is like horrific. This um, kid in Texas, I guess in Dallas. Now remember, this is all happening in Texas, of all places. I guess this uh, mom, the father and mother are divorced, and this mom, Anne Gorgulis, who's a pediatrician, keep that in mind, um, what's her website? Dr. Ann D-R-A-N-N-E-M-D.com. She, they have uh, a number of kids, but the one in this story is, um, because he's six years old now. And she has been trying to raise this kid as a girl. The kid has never, um, wanted, uh, to be a girl. Uh, never wanted to wear girls' clothes, uh, never act like a girl, anything like this. In fact, when he's not with his mother, when he's with his father, um, he doesn't want any sort of girl stuff at all. He, like, shuns it completely. But his mom, at age three, I guess, uh, his mom started dressing him as a girl and calling him Luna. <laughs> and I even have a, a court document um, where she's trying to get the custody of the father um, revoked. I guess they have joint custody. And in the document, she refers, the child, per the mother, is referred to as Luna. And she enrolled this kid in school and told the school to treat him as a girl. And so... The teachers and everybody know that he's a boy, but the mom wanted him to be treated as a girl. So he, she's dressed him up as in girl's clothes and gave him a girl's name and all this other stuff. And, and so in the court document, uh, it confirms that she's done this. And the, I, she, the, um, the term they use in the document is gender expansive or transgender by choice by choice. Hmm. Um, so yeah, except when he's not around his mom, then he dresses like a boy, acts like a boy, plays with other boys, does boy stuff. But mom who started is the one who started dressing him as a girl at the age of three, at the age of three. So I doubt very much that the kids at the age of three said, mom, I'm a girl trapped in a boy's body. Can you buy me a dress? <laughs> So I think mom's trying to get a little publicity, uh, probably good for business. Um, so yeah, there's a court document that, that talks about this because she tried to get, um, the custody rights of the father taken away 
and she claimed abuse by the father. And you know what the abuse was that she claimed he had committed? That he kept referring to his son as his son. As a boy. And not as a daughter. That's the abuse. So can you imagine? Um, I don't think the charges ever uh, went anywhere. Uh, but can you imagine if someone got convicted of child abuse and you try to get a job and they do a background check on you? And they're not going to show it's, you know, you were charged with abuse because you called your son your son. <laughs> All they're going to see is abuse. You see how this is? The viciousness of this. Um, and so the father is trying to get the court to intervene. And I think there's a, a hearing or something set for October now. But the thing that makes this uh, really horrifying as, as if forcing a child to dress some uh, way and act some way or be referred to in a way he does not want to be referred to is that the mother is waiting until the boy is eight years old because at that age, apparently, in the state of Texas, the boy can be chemically castrated. So they want, she <laughs> wants to start, um, you know, having the, um, the hormone treatments and eventually have a sex change operation because there are places in this country where someone under the age of 18 can have um, um, their body mutilated in various ways. Um, and so can you imagine if you're a kid and, and you're, you're being forced into this and then they're going to start giving you chemicals that can have permanent damage and then they're going to, in this case, start cutting things off of you? Wow. Wow. So this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens um, when the culture embraces this wicked stuff and people become popular over this. I guess I was reading something else. There's some like comic book store in Denver that has like monthly drag shows and they have little kids, little kids at this thing. With adults, this is total grooming. Uh, talk about normalizing sin. It's beyond normalizing. It's almost, it's beyond indoctrinating. Uh, they're trying to do things to urge these kids to participate. But they're, and so the mom's, um, a doctor, and so she's got a lot of money. The father does not have a lot of money. But here's the real kicker, and you can you can see from this that she's just being vicious. She wants the dad to pay for this, for the chemical castration. Not like she can't afford it, but this is the best way to stick it to him. She also doesn't like that he talks to the kid about the Bible. Oh, there it is. Yeah. In her picture on her website, she's got a little cross on her necklace, though. This is what happened when uh, people and churches that call themselves Christian uh, care more about pleasing man than God and embrace the culture. And that's, that's what happens when um, the culture and God's word come into conflict. Um, more and more of these so-called Christians 
pick the culture because they want the culture to like them. They don't care much about God. That's why, again, we've talked about divorce before. You've got uh, women pastors, uh, despite what the Bible says about that in First Timothy. Um, but isn't it funny that the same churches that have uh, women pastors um, also embrace homosexuality? Because once you've made them the mental leap to say, yeah, we're going to choose the culture over God, then all the other stuff is easy to ignore. Uh, when it comes to what God says. It's easy to ignore God once you've done it once. And so, yeah, no surprise there. But um, they're more and more trying to get this um, to be participatory. And they're doing, they're just, I mean, they're just brainwashed. They, the mom stuck this kid in, like, transition counseling. So some high-priced therapist can, like, groom this kid uh, even more. And it's just stunning. Oh, and one more thing. There is a website set up for this kid. His name is James. And the website is savejames.com. And they tell the story about this whole situation. And I think there's updates on what's going on. They got pictures of the kid and with his friends. Um, and so, yeah, it's... Um, probably a good uh, website to go to. And they have the court documents there so you can verify all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, go ahead and take a look at that. Um, where is this other thing? This is in the state of California. They had, they passed some piece of legislation and I'll forget the name of it now. I'm trying to find it in this article. Um, it basically, it's about comprehensive sex education um, in California. And it's, um, it's, uh, like mandatory stuff now. And there's a bunch of several curriculas that school districts can choose from that are approved by the state, but they're all put together by like, um, Planned Parenthood and these, uh, LGBT organizations. And there's, I mean, they were showing, um, I'll give you information on a video on this cause there's a documentary on this. Um, by Jeremiah Films. And they talked about this, like the things that are doing, like the ACLU, of course, is involved. And they're going into school districts and educating the school districts and teachers and administrators on how to get around, how to keep parents from finding out what's in this stuff. Because it is explicit stuff. I mean, there are like... um sex acts that are talked about that like, I, I mean, really, um, we, again, we won't even talk about, but, uh, some things that some people may not have even heard of before. And they're being taught to like 14 year olds and younger because this is K through 12. And even some of this graphic stuff starts in middle school. So you're talking 11, 12, 13 year olds and just extraordinary. Um, and so, yeah. Um, the, um, the video is called No Opt Out Allowed, the California Sex Ed Indoctrination by Jeremiah Films. And they have this posted on Vimeo and you can download it too. And so the URL, I'll probably put it on the website, uh, tonight too, jesusforsinners.com, uh, vimeo.com forward slash 344-632-9.
So again, that's vimeo.com forward slash 344-632-997. You probably have to do the www.vimeo.com first. Um, but you know what? I would um, get this and download it because who knows how much longer um, it's going to be out there because um, Vimeo is not a... Um, I'm trying to bring it up right now. Yeah, if you do the www.vimeo.com and then the forward slash 344-632-997. Vimeo is not sympathetic to this sort of stuff. And so download it while you can. Um, But this is unbelievable, just absolutely systematic. And, you know, they're they're talking about, so a lot of this stuff includes um, getting kids to abortion clinics without their parents finding out. They even talk about this in this video. There's an undercover recording of this, of an ACLU lawyer talking about how to get around the um, automatic parental notification attendance systems. Because when a kid isn't, is, is marked absent in these school attendance systems, emails are automatically sent out to the parents so that they can know that their kid isn't in school. And this ACLU lawyer talks about how to get around that so the kid can go to a clinic and have an abortion without their parents being notified that they're out of class. And so this is amazing because in most of these schools, if your kid like needs an aspirin, they have to have parental uh, notification to the nurse at the school saying, my kid's allowed to have an aspirin. But your, you know, 13-year-old daughter can go have an abortion. This actually happened in a school district um, by where I live, the school was providing rides to kids from school to abortion clinics and back to school so that their parents would not find out. Wow. So we've talked about the government schools before. If your kid is in a government school, you are um, allowing your child to be harmed, uh, plain and simple. Um, And if you're in California, I don't know what you do except move, except don't bring the crazy California mentality with you because they've already, uh, they've already co-opted Colorado. Um, and so the impact of this, this was a survey and I, I I had to do some research, but because I couldn't really believe this was true. Um, and it was sponsored by GLAD, but it was also done by Harris, who is a reputable polling company. And it was, uh, on, uh, NBC News, and I guess this was way back in 2017, a little over two years ago. And I I mean, I really find this hard to believe, but it says that 20% of millennials, 18 to 34, identify as LGBTQ. I don't even know, they keep adding letters. Um, 20%, 20, one out of five. So... Um, aside from this is how a population extermin- exterminates itself um, by not reproducing, um, I, that's a crazy number. That is a crazy number. And so it just goes to show you that if you indoctrinate people, um, it isn't just tolerance and acceptance. Um, they're advocating action. They're advocating people uh, embracing sin, and it looks like, if these numbers are to be believed, it looks like it's effective. 
And so this is uh, the devil uh, getting his way and getting uh, people to embrace sin and not just tolerate sin, but to engage in it themselves. Um, and so, um, and you know, uh, Romans 1 again, if people will deny God and embrace sin, uh, God will let them have their sin. They're going to have the consequences that go along with it, both in this life and the next. Um, but this is, I, I, it's just amazing. And so, you know, they, they, these people didn't just wake up one morning and decide they're like this. They've been raised around this and it's been promoted. It's a way of getting attention. It's a way of being part of a protected class. Uh, it's a way of having an identity um, and belonging to a group. As more and more of these uh, young people who are living on social media uh, find themselves even more isolated, they run to some group they can belong to. And this is with, uh, certainly one of, if not the most popular, uh, certainly in the media. If you want attention, this is what you do. You can get attention from your employer. You can get attention from your college. You can get attention from uh, uh, lots of lots of places. Uh, advocacy groups, politicians. And so it's having an effect. All this indoctrination, it works. It works. And the end result is that um, people wind up embracing sin and they go to hell forever. Because who is more strident against the gospel in our culture today than LGBT people? I mean, really. Even the atheists. The atheists aren't going around trying to put uh, Christian businesses out of business. They're just trying to be annoying and obnoxious, the atheists. But these LGBT people, look what they're doing. I, I mean, it's just incredible. This is so wildly demonic. And so this goes back to, uh, you know, you read in your Old Testament about people sacrificing their children to Moloch, and that's what's gone on. People that allow their kids to be indoctrinated by this stuff, whether it's in school or whether it's in the media. If you're letting your kids watch um, secular movies and TV shows, you're doing them in. You're just, you're killing them with this stuff because this is embraced everywhere. This is in uh, schools, not just in, you know, sociology classes and not just in sex ed classes, but it's being put into history. It's being put into, I mean, everything, even mathematics in universities now. This is being um, just pervasive all over the place. So any embrace of this wicked culture, you're going to get a dose of this and it's having an effect. And so, uh, again, it comes back to uh, people would rather be accepted by the culture than God. They don't want to be accepted by God because um, they just want to do whatever they want. And they got more and more people supporting them in this notion of doing whatever they want. And now you have, you have people everywhere promoting this, even recent uh, women's sports teams. Uh, so it's just stunning. And so I guess the long and the short of this is I, I really can't urge enough, um, to, especially with your kids, do not let them sit in front of the television. Do not take them to these secular movies because they're going to get the world's viewpoint. They're going to see uh, sin um, not only tolerated uh, and not only normalized, but advocated. 
and not just this sin, but all sorts of sin. You go to these comic movie or yeah, these comic book uh, movies, and look at look at the violence. I mean, it's just and you know, I don't know if you can go to a movie anymore without uh, hearing God blasphemed or deal with profanity. Um, and so, why would you want to expose your kids to that? And if you think your kids are like, oh, you know, so strong that they can just ignore it just because you drag them to church every week. Um, if these numbers on these millennials are right, 20%, um, guess what? The culture is winning. They're brainwashing these people to embrace sin and it's working. And again, uh, what is it? 80%, four out of five kids that are raised in church when they turn 18. Never see them in church again. So really, keep your kids away from the culture and set an example and you stay away from the culture too. I know you want to be liked. I know everybody wants to be liked. But why do you want to be liked by God's enemies? All right, You're known by the company you keep. So really, just let go of this stuff. It is just, it is wiping people out. This is just uh, really stunning stuff. So yeah, pray for this one poor kid in Texas. I just, that's, man, how narcissistic and self-absorbed do you have to be as a parent to do something like that? But I mean, you see stories like this uh, all the time. Uh, parents, you know, doing all sorts of stuff to their kids. Um, so yeah, this is, uh, it's just a prideful culture and people are the center of their own universe. And the Bible says that God resists the proud. Uh, but he gives grace to the humble. And so, uh, you know, maybe it's humbling being rejected by society and being rejected by the culture. Um, that's fine. If, uh, if rejection by God's enemies, uh, is something that we are scorned for, uh, then, uh, fine. Let's be scorned for rejecting, uh, this wicked culture and, uh, the enemies of God. And, uh, the people that are out, uh, to serve their father, the devil and help him, uh, damn people's souls to hell. So, yeah, I just wanted to pass those things on. Think about them, pray, do things, do the right things. Stop getting close to this culture. I'm going to bang that drum because it just keeps happening more and more. And you see it even with people in churches and it's just wrong. Uh, the Bible says, I think it's what, First uh, Thessalonians 5, 12. Don't quote me on that reference. But it says, abstain from every form of evil. Simple, abstain. Stay away from every, every. Not some, not most. Every form of evil. Stay away. That's going to do it for this time. Keep praying. God is here. God will strengthen us. Have a good night, everybody. God bless you.